There's the fanfare. That means it's time for our weekly trip to the movies with Matt O'Lean. Matt, welcome back to Main Street. Hi, Craig. Before we get into your review of The Holdovers, which I'm really looking forward to, Matt, I want to give pause just a little bit to have you reflect on how your becoming a movie reviewer here came about, and Bill Thomas, he was involved in this. Well, of course, yeah. Bill is retiring, as we all know, and we're going to miss him, but I don't remember if I approached him or he approached me. This is probably around the Lord of the Rings time, 2002, 2003, and we thought it would be a good idea, and back then I used to have to drive up to NDSU uh, to record my film reviews with Merrill Pepcorn and Skip Wood, who was there producing it before we were all in-house here. And it uh, it took a while to catch on, but now when I'm out and about, Craig, and in the state, almost as many people will say, I listen to your reviews, then will say, well, I saw you on Prairie Mosaic or Prairie Pulse, or I like the documentary on the bison and the, and the Sioux and all that stuff. So uh, thanks, Bill, for believing me and le- letting me do it. And uh and really, he just leaves you alone. That's the great thing about Bill. He he trusts that I know what I'm talking about, and I've, I've got the film knowledge to back it up, and he really has never said, you know, why don't you review this or don't do it this way or this kind of thing. So I appreciate the yep. gentle guidance yes. that he has yep. given me and I think others here at yep. Prairie Public. On to the movies. Matt, this week's movie is The Holdovers. It's a comedy drama set in the early 70s at... Barton Academy. Mm-hmm. Let's get into the movie. Loved it. Uh, this is now in my top three or four films of 2023. I see Oscar potential coming. It has a 70s vibe. It takes place in the 70s. Alexander Payne is the director. And of course, Payne gave us Nebraska, Election, Sideways, which is a masterpiece, The Descendants. Most recently, he had the bizarre film Downsizing a couple years ago, which was such a weird film for Payne to do. But in this one, he brought on screenwriter David Hemmingson to kind of pen this ode to early 70s cinema, early 70s boyhood. Uh, long hair, a lot of pot hanging around <laughs> in, the, in the dorms, and really this this story of, I would say, Dead Poet Society meets Breakfast Club meets Road Movie meets Christmas Movie, much less on the Christmas movie. They do not, you know, uh, put the sentiment and the Christmas uh, merriment too much out in, the, out in the forefront. It's really a film that's funny, but there's a lot of issues underneath that I can't talk about too much till people see it, but... I loved it. He kind of shoots it like a 70s movie, too, these dramatic zooms and slow zoom-outs on campus. And I like the vibe of it. It, 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 feels like, it feels like it could have been made in 1971. It's got a Cat Stevens song playing here and there, a Paul Simon song. So you get some music from the era. But what stands out in this movie are three great performances. Paul Giamatti plays the curmudgeon professor of ancient civilization who basically hates his students and they hate him he's hard on them he grades hard he calls them degenerates and visigoths and he's tasked to be the holdover professor over christmas break there's five boys who cannot go home and eventually it becomes just one boy uh, angus tully played by dominic sessa his first film and he is a revelation in this performance he's kind of a troubled kid but he's smart he pushes the boundaries of rebellion also hanging out over the holidays is the African-American cook at Barton, played wonderfully by Divine Joy Randolph, who for sure is going to be in the mix to win Best Supporting Actress. So it's these three hanging out over the holidays, 
and it's just amazing to watch a film in this day and age, Craig, with an original screenplay, interesting characters. The dialogue is so funny and so snappy. It's just wonderful, the dialogue that goes on. It's not a, it's not a comic book movie. It's not based on a book. It's an original screenplay about an original story with a great screenplay, and that is so rare in, the, in this day and age. Payne handles it beautifully. It outstays its welcome maybe by eight to ten minutes and maybe gets a little sentimental here and there. But as I said, wait for it. There are some dramatic kind of negative downbeat things that happen in the movie, too, that sort of give the film, I would say, a poignancy that Dead Poet Society had. Oftentimes in a movie when we come upon, at least when I come upon, the snot-nosed kid (laughs) character, I get tired of him really quick. I don't think that happens in this movie. It does not happen, Craig. And that's that's what good character building, uh, not underwriting a character, not making the character a cliché. That's the key here that Payne and David Hemmingson have pulled off. So Angus Tully, you you see that he's rebellious and gets in trouble, but you also sympathize with him as well. And Payne directs him perfectly where the the performance never becomes a cliche. It never becomes something like we're watching a, a silly sitcom with a smart aleck teenager. It's never that dumb. It's always above board. It's always good. It's always interesting. Uh the film doesn't deal too much with what's going on in America in the early 70s, although Vietnam does come into play, uh, especially with the D- Divine Joy Randolph character and her son. Uh, but it's a wonderful movie. I, I, th- I It's, it's going to be right there at Oscar time. Will Giamatti make it into the best actor mix? I don't know. This is going to be a competitive year for lead actor because Killian Murphy's a guarantee for Oppenheimer. DiCaprio's probably going to be nominated for Killers of the Flower Moon. Bradley Cooper and Maestro. Um, maybe Adam Driver and Ferrari. Maybe Giamatti gets that fifth spot. I'd love to see Dominic Sessa nominated in supporting actor and Divine Joy Randolph in supporting actress. But the screenplay, I think, has a great chance to win the original screenplay Oscar. You talked about the Cat Stevens song mm-hmm. that we hear. Any other interesting musical moments that carried with you in this film? Uh, the Paul Simon song that we hear a couple times, and I'm not sure if it's a Simon and Garfunkel song or just a Simon song post-Garfunkel. It's one I'd never heard before. That that kind of, that kind of uh, the message in that song is about not crying and laughing more, and that uh, is, is, is resonant within what we're seeing in the movie. Uh, Love, love the setting up in New England. It's, it was shot during the winter. There's snow on the ground, real snow, not fake snow. Uh, you, know, you can sense the coldness out, out, out as they're out driving around and things like that. I will tell you, there is a road trip that happens in the movie. I mentioned that. You'll have to see where it is and what happens, but it's key uh, to kind of the resolution of this wonderful movie, and I really think people will like it. You feel good when you left the theater? I did. I did. Uh, it, it didn't... It didn't feel like it was banging me over the head with sentiment or a message. It felt like this is a period film shot by a filmmaker who loves 70s cinema, like you and I do, Craig. That's when we came of age, going to movies in the 70s. And uh, there's just a different quality to 1970s cinema, kind of that that uh, that new Hollywood era that was so amazing from about, oh, 68, 69 through about 76. Just real quick, Matt, we have some time for some trivia, if you're on board. I am on board. Of course, Paul Giamatti was nominated Mm -hmm. for a Best Supporting Actor role. When and for what? 2005, Cinderella Man. Which picture may have won Best Picture that year? That was, 
crash pulling the stunning upset over Brokeback Mountain, which is still angers many Oscar followers. We've been to the movies with Matt O'Lean. 